Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey guys, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Brad and Mandy Johnson. You have your last name today. Uh, and we are looking at kind of an interesting thing. We're looking at 2 Samuel 22. Uh, as well as Psalm 18. And what you'll notice if you stick around and listen to it, or if you read it for yourself today, is they're essentially the same thing. Uh, They're basically the exact same psalm. There's a lot of different takes on that, which we're going to get into in a second. Uh, But there's a couple different thoughts on this. One is that uh, David may have written this psalm actually right before he was recognized as king. He'd already been anointed as king, but right before he was recognized as king. Uh, So he may have written this before that, and then he's looking back on that kind of at the end of his reign. Uh, There's another idea that he wrote this just at the end of his reign, just recognizing what uh, what God is up to. Um, You know, I can't tell you 100% when he wrote these things, but what's interesting to me is it is exactly the same psalm in 2 Samuel and Psalm 18 with only minor differences. Uh, If you are into nerdy stuff, is super valuable to people trying to prove the relevancy of the Bible because they could actually look at the book of Psalms and compare it to the book of 2 Samuel and see that there's textual similarities and they could actually get at the heart of what's being said because they can proof it against. It's like having two copies of the same speech. They can actually decide like, okay, this is what it really is. So it's just one nerdy way, and I do like the nerdy things. It's one nerdy way that we can be confident that the Bible is real and it is reliable because these are two similar texts working it out in different books. Okay, so for people who aren't nerdy, like me, who just got really tired, um, so what you're (laughs) saying is these were written at two different times? They're definitely present in two different books. And those two books existed at two different times? Yes. Okay. So it's a way for scholars to compare things and be able to say pretty confidently, this is not made up. Somebody didn't just dream this up in a back room and say, here's the Bible. Like, it's there's lots of things like that. This is one of them. Okay. Yeah. All right, wake up, everybody else. You just took a nap. <laughs> Sorry for the nap, guys, but I do love that stuff. Okay, so we have a couple different uh, ways to look at this psalm. I'm kind of excited about this conversation, and we haven't actually sketched all this out, so who knows what's about to ensue. Uh, but what I'd love to do is just say, Brad, like as, as we're looking over this psalm, Brad, what do you see, and what what is your sense of what's going on? Then we'll see kind of where Mandy's at on this thing. And I will conscious, conscientiously object to the whole thing. <laughs> That's actually my, my wheelhouse. So one of the things that you'll see in, in both of these stories is David championing this idea of, I have, I have done exactly what God's called me to do, and that God has rewarded me for doing right. He has seen how innocent I am and I do everything right. And that's why God has favored in me and given me all this power and strength. And I I honestly cannot look at the story of David and go, he, he's actually saying this, right? Like he knows all of the things that he's done. And yes, okay, maybe this was written young in his life. And this is kind of maybe his hope as he's going in, but I go to this story, actually, if you look way ahead here in Matthew, um, we have a story that's considered, it's Matthew 19, um, that's talked about like the rich young ruler. And so this this guy approaches Jesus and he says, you know, what is it that I have to do to follow him? And we mostly hear the end of that story where he goes away disappointed and Jesus says, well, he's he's wealthy and he has a lot to, to give up and I've just asked him to give it up. 
and that's part of that story. But I think the important part and how it relates to David is earlier, the first thing Jesus says to him is, in order to follow me, what you have to do is keep the commandments. And the rich young ruler's response is, I have done all of these since I've been a child. And to me, that is like the biggest moment of really talking about where your heart is, right? That moment of just pride of totally ignoring the truth of our condition of our heart. And that's exactly what David is doing in this statement is he really isn't looking at himself and going, I, I, he's just saying, I got this, I'm good. But I don't know the last time you read the Ten Commandments, but um, they're not easy to keep all of all of your life. I don't know any eight-year-olds who do all of them all the time. It's just not a reality, let alone adults in in real life. So I think there's this place where David really just doesn't know himself and he's convinced himself that God is honoring him and giving him strength because he is good. And this becomes really important later when he's not good. And, and he then all of a sudden you see all these crying out to God psalms where he's like, uh-oh, now what? Okay, well, unfortunately, I have a lot of conviction that's happening as you speak, because when you're talking about not being very, not being aware, right, to be like, how many times, I don't know about you guys, but how many times have you been in a conversation and maybe you've been waiting for God to answer a prayer or something like that, right? And you say, I have done everything. Like I have been obedient. I have been faithful. I've been showing up. I've been a Christian my whole life. And that person, they're sinning like crazy and they get what they, they get what I wanted, I don't know if you guys have said that, but I have, and I'm, you're sitting here saying this, Brad, and I was like, oh, literally like two days ago, <laughs> so in a conversation with someone, and this comes up, and you know, it makes me think, how many, how unaware are we of our brokenness and our humanity and our need for God? And this isn't so that we walk around with a heavy mantle of shame or guilt or anything like that. When we're acquainted with our sin, we actually can show up in humility, which is actually freedom because then we can be honest before God. And that's where everything gets right. So I'm reading this, I'm listening to you and I'm like, dang it. It's like, why does this have to happen right now? Because my thoughts on this are, first of all, these are like, this is like some of my favorite passages in the Bible. I mean, they are highlighted in all the colors in my Bible. And I love so much of this, right? Because it talks about how God delights in us and he rescues us and he listens to us and he comes through for us and he's our shield. And you're just like, yeah, 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 yeah. But I got to be honest, when I read the parts that are like, when when you said this, um, I was just reading the part, the Lord re rewarded me for doing right. He restored me because of my innocence. I was like, that's messed up. God doesn't restore us because we've earned restoration, like that, you know, and so I read this passage and I was like, oh, David, no wonder why later you think God's going to abandon you because you did royally screw up. And if you thought his favor was because of your innocence, you must believe he's going to abandon you because of your guilt. And that's just not true of the character of God. So I, I totally agree with you. And and do you know the difference between guilt and shame? Because this plays in I really mean, good I here. do, but why don't you tell the people? So, so guilt is the understanding that I did something wrong, right? I, I am guilty because I missed something. I didn't do something or I did something that was wrong. It, it's, it is that core understanding. David's totally missing that here. He is missing I have done things wrong. When, we're, when we miss that or when we ignore guilt... What we end up with is shame of I'm wrong. 
I'm of bad. Who I am is wrong, and I'm bad. And you see tons of shame pouring out in David's Psalms because he has missed the times where he's like, "Ooh, God's calling me on this thing that I didn't do well." So when you miss the gift of guilt, it turns into a heaviness of shame, Absolutely. and it's actually a shame spiral. Um, if we're just going to talk about undealt with trauma, undealt with guilt, all that, it actually changes who you are and it changes who you show up as. And you, and I, I don't think you can think clearly when you're dealing with a shame spiral. Um, I mean, that's, I'm not a, I'm not a, you know, I don't have a degree. Actually you do ironically. (laughs) So you know what I, you know what I love is preaching to people with degrees on things I know nothing about. So is this going well? No, you're exactly right. There is a place that when we get stuck in that shame, we, we drag ourselves down. We don't think we have any value. Now, the thing that that David does right in those, and he's doing it in this place too, is is wherever he's at, he has learned that God's on my side and I can keep calling out to him. Some of his stuff around that may be a little awkward, but he is saying, God, you are there for me. You are the reason I have power. You are the reason I do anything well. And, and you do see this in here too, of like, wow, you've given this me this amazing power to me, but it is all from you. I am, you already kind of see this. I am nothing in here. It's all yours. And so that's where David gets it right, is understanding that that God is working through him, even in the midst of his junk. I feel like shame though, is like one of the biggest liars for people and, and how, and like, it makes it hard to hear clearly from God, like the truth. So for David to do this in a shame spiral, I think is pretty amazing. How do people do that today? Like, how do you, how do you get up out of that if you're having a hard time? Therefore, there is no condemnation in Christ. I mean, I don't have any other answer than that. That is why Jesus came because he is that break of shame. Yes, there's still guilt. Like he didn't take away the rules. He didn't go, hey, everything's good. Like there's still rules so that we're still going to have guilt. But what he took away from is that that feeling of worthlessness that shame tells us. Because he says, no, you have value. Even while you were still sinners, I came for you. I cared about you. That's where the value is. I think um, with shame, it's attached to pride a lot of times. And it makes it really hard to receive that gift, right? Like with Because it takes humility to receive God's forgiveness and freedom and all of that. And so when I think of dealing with shame, there's this thing that makes us say like, I don't deserve this. I don't even deserve God's love. I don't deserve God's forgiveness. What I hear you saying, honestly, is like nothing short of the presence of God is actually going to break that for you. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's true. We have to be aware of that. It's actually one of the places I like reading David because we see him turning towards God in that place of desperation. And that is a lesson that we can learn from. If if we're feeling lost and low and I got nothing, David's like, okay, I know where to at least put that energy, right? I need to lean on God. And and I think that's something we can pull out of this. Absolutely. Because I think we can turn to a million other things. And we did talk about this before, like how fast it is that everybody fell off the rails because they wanted a king because they turned towards something other than God. And I think the same thing for us, like, I, it sounds so churchy. It sounds so everything. It sounds so cliche. We always know the answer is Jesus in Sunday school, you know, but the reality is like, 
There's a reason why scripture tells us over and over again, return to Jesus. There's a reason why David keeps doing that, right? Like, cause even in his darkest moments and his deepest despair, he's always returning to Jesus. Maybe not right away. He gets weird sometimes, but eventually he's returning to Jesus. And that is the, actually the only thing that's saving him is return. Well, to Jesus, I'm saying Jesus, I mean, God guys, it's the old Testament. I'm sorry. He's returning to God, um, over and over and over again. Um, and so I think for us, it's the same thing today, right? Like, what do you turn to or return to when you're feeling shame, guilt, despair, disappointment? I think it matters what you're turning to. We all want to believe that there's something else that will rescue us. We all want to believe that asking for a king is our rescue. And God keeps saying over and over, I gotta be honest, it's just me. Guys, this was actually super fun. Uh, I I very much enjoyed just sitting here and listening to Mandy and Brad talk about this. I hope you did too, because it'd be weird if only I enjoyed that. <laughs> Um, but here's the, here's the actual homework for today. And I think if, if you want to take this seriously, this journey through God's whole story, sit down, sit down today at some point and look at second Samuel uh, 22 and look at Psalm 18. And what, what are these things? What, what does this say to you? And, and what does this say to you in the context of what's going on with David? Um, wh- how is this striking you? That's why I actually just really like this conversation. Um, I do think ultimately it's about who are we? Uh, in Christ, what who has God created us to be? Ultimately, that is the answer, even though we try to shy away from that sometimes, give like the cliches and all that stuff. Uh, but ultimately, God has uh, created us on purpose for a purpose. Hey, look at Worship Center. <laughs> That's the homework. Look at 2 Samuel 22, look at Psalm 18, uh, and just spend some time in that uh, and what that means for you in the context of what we've been doing through God's whole story. Uh, I'm so excited that you guys are listening to this with us. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye. Second Samuel 22. David sang the song to the Lord on the day the Lord rescued him from all his enemies and from Saul. He sang, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. He is my refuge, my savior, the one who saves me from violence. I called on the Lord, who is worthy of praise, and he saved me from my enemies. The waves of death overwhelmed me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave wrapped its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. But in my distress, I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I cried to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry reached his ears. Then the earth quaked and trembled. The foundations of the heavens shook. They quaked because of his anger. Smoke poured from his nostrils. Fierce flames leaped from his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth from him. He opened the heavens and came down. Dark storm clouds were beneath his feet. Mounted on a mighty angelic being, he flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. He shrouded himself in darkness, veiling his approach with dense rain clouds. A great brightness shone around him and burning coals blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot arrows and scattered his enemies. His lightning flashed and they were confused. Then at the command of the Lord, at the blast of his breath, the bottom of the sea could be seen and the foundations of the earth were laid bare. He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me at a moment when I was in distress, but the Lord supported me. He led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He restored me because of my innocence. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not turned from 
my God to follow evil. I have followed all his regulations. I have never abandoned his decrees. I am blameless before God. I have kept myself from sin. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He has seen my innocence. To the faithful, you show your faith, yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show integrity. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the crooked, you show yourself shrewd. You rescue the humble, but your eyes watch the proud and humiliate them. O Lord, you are my lamp. The Lord lights up my darkness. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? Who but our God is a solid rock. God is my strong fortress and he makes my way perfect. He makes me as a sure-footed he makes me as sure-footed as a deer enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle, he strengthens my arm to draw a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory, your help has made me great. You have made a wide path for my feet to keep them from slipping. I chased my enemies and destroyed them. I did not stop until they were conquered. I consumed them. I struck them down so they did not get up. They fell beneath my feet. You have armed me with strength for the battle. You have subdued my enemies under my feet. You placed my foot on their necks. I have destroyed all who hated me. They looked for help, but no one came to their rescue. They even cried to the Lord, but he refused to answer. I ground them as fine as the dust of the earth. I trampled them in the gutter like dirt. You gave me victory over my accusers. You preserved me as the ruler over nations. People I don't even know now serve me. Foreign nations cringe before me. As soon as they hear of me, they submit. They all lose their courage and come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise to my rock. May God, the rock of my salvation, be exalted. He is the God who pays back those who harm me. He brings down the nations under me and delivers me from my enemies. You hold me safe beyond the reach of my enemies. You save me from violent opponents. For this, O Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. You give great victories to your king. You show unfailing love to your anointed, to David and all his descendants forever. Psalm 18. I love you, Lord. You are my strength. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my savior. My God is my rock in whom I find protection. He is my shield, the power that saves me, and my place of safety. I call on the Lord who is worthy of praise, and he saves me from my enemies. The ropes of death entangle me. Floods of destruction swept over me. The grave and its ropes around me. Death laid a trap in my path. But in my distress, I called, cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from his sanctuary. My cry to him reached his ears. Then the earth quaked and trembled. The foundations of the mountains shook. They quaked because of his anger. Smoke poured from his nostrils. Fierce flames leapt from his mouth. Glowing coals blazed forth from him. He opened the heavens and came down. Dark storm clouds were beneath his feet. Mounted on mighty angelic being, he flew, soaring on the wings of the wind. He shrouded himself in darkness, veiling his approach with dark rain clouds. Thick clouds shielded the brightness around him and rained down hail in burning coals. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded amid the hail and burning coals. He shot his arrows and scattered his enemies. Great bolts of lightning flashed, and they were confused. Then at your command, O Lord, at the blast of your breath, the bottom of the sea could be seen. 
and the foundations of earth were laid bare. He reached down from heaven and rescued me. He drew me out of the of deep waters. He rescued me from powerful enemies, from those who hated me and were too strong for me. They attacked me at a moment when I was in distress, but the Lord supported me. He led me to a place of safety. He rescued me because he delights in me. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He restored me because of my innocence, for I have kept the ways of the Lord. I have not turned from my God to follow evil. I have followed all his regulations. I have never abandoned his decrees. I am blameless before God. I have kept myself from sin. The Lord rewarded me for doing right. He has seen my innocence. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To those with integrity, you show integrity. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the crooked, you show yourself shrewd. You rescue the humble, but you humiliate the proud. You light a lamp for me. The Lord my God lights up my darkness. In your strength, I can crush an army. With my God, I can scale any wall. God's way is perfect. All the Lord's promises prove true. He is a shield for all who look to him for protection. For who is God except the Lord? But who but our God is a solid rock? God's arms arms me with strength. He makes my way perfect. He makes me sure-footed as a deer, enabling me to stand on mountain heights. He trains my hands for battle. He strengthens my arm to draw a bow, a draw a bronze bow. You have given me your shield of victory. Your right hand supports me. Your help has made me great. You have made a wide path for my feet to keep them from slipping. I chased my enemies and caught them. I did not stop until they were conquered. I struck them down so that so they could not get up. They fell beneath my feet. You have armed me with strength for the battle, and you have subdued my enemies under my feet. You placed my foot on their necks, and I have destroyed all who hated me. They called for help, but no one came to their rescue. They even cried to the Lord, but he refused to answer. I ground them as fine as dust in the wind. I have swept them into the gutter like dirt. You gave me victory over my accusers. You appointed me rulers over nations. People I don't even know now serve me. As soon as they hear me, they submit. Foreign nations cringe before me. They all lose their courage. They come tumbling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise to my rock. May the God of my salvation be exalted. He is the God who pays back those who do me harm. He subdues the nations under me and rescues me from my enemies. You hold me safe beyond the reach of my enemies. You save me from violent opponents. For this, O Lord, I will praise you among the nations. I will sing praises to your name. You give great victories to your king. You show unfailing love to your anointed, to David and to all his descendants forever. 
Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, it means a lot to us, even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, if you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, we would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, you can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcast at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.